I saw a picture is a podcast in which I will describe to you an image. The descriptions will wander. The images referenced may or may not exist. Each section of the podcast contains 10 episodes. Each episode contains 1,000 words. Episodes will be released consecutively on days divisible by 7, after which point there will be a brief hiatus between sections. The first section is Filed under N for Nature. The following episode is about Lava. I saw a picture of a lava flow. I want to put my hands in it so bad, so bad. I want to put my hands in it so bad, so bad do I want to put my hands into literal lava. I feel this way whenever I see a picture of lava, and I do not think this is a unique experience. There is something about the way molten stone grays slide into electric reds and oranges. Rivers of blinding bright yellow erupt their own surges of light within the pools that gather on beds of igneous rock. Smoke swells heavy outward in a bevy of plumes gushing like a waterfall upwards into a pool of clouds. Something about the way the light hangs around the surface like a whisper. A hazy fog of atmosphere that mimics the glow of a bonfire. The familiar warmth emanating, falling within itself in cascades of bursting heat, reminds me of the way the hot air lingers in the evening darkness past a summer's day, clinging to the humidity, unwilling to give in to the cold. The slow melt of rock easing its way into form over form, placidly mimicking the flow of rivers. Like a ruptured artery bleeding over the earth, it looks like a wound, right? It looks destructive. It spawns fire and death. It spreads forth like a liquid blanket, like a disease that desolates all it touches, and then it rests. It cools. As aggressively as it burns its path among the ground, it settles back into a quiet black stasis. And I want to touch it. Though I have never seen lava outside of a picture, I have seen the red glow of an electric stove. Metal implements that grow in heat as they do in saturation and hue, black bodies radiating in self-contained concentric circles, and pain as an accidental gray singes my skin quicker than I can jerk it away from the source. But right before the pain, there's the warmth that fills you from the outside in. A campfire flame blowing kisses like a sunburn on reddened cheeks. A candle suffusing the room in highlights of melting amber, dampening the shadows into the corners, smoothing the harsh black outlines into softer orangish grays, and somehow purple. The way dark shapes echo into shades of purple in the night when there's only a glint of light. The way dark storm clouds swell into a cool bluish gray against the vibrant striations and streams of color, saturating the crevices of air within the explosion. There's not as much brown as you would think when you look closely. If I've learned anything from mixing paint, it's that colors are rarely what they seem. They are adjectives modifying the adjectives around them, creating a menagerie of language that from a distance blurs into a cohesive portrait. I learned the way the order red-violet and violet-red changes the hue when I picked up a box of crayons, and I know better than to trust anything that claims to be gray. That's why I don't feel it is entirely untrue to say that I have never seen lava outside of a picture because I once found myself standing at the edge of a massive caldera, a crater formed by earth that was never as still or quiet as it led on or as we had assumed, a gigantic shell doing its best to shield the surface from the tempest beneath, or perhaps an unintentional disguise for the chaos that is our world's resting state. The air was caked with humidity. It was peacefully warm, 
I had heard that sulfur smelled sweet, and yet I was taken off guard by how pleasantly this toxin made its way into my lungs. This area was massive. It felt like a deep wound where the scab had been picked away at any moment Pus was going to try and rid it of our contaminants whenever it decides it's time to heal. They had us park facing away from the mountain, as if a few moments head start would be the difference between safety and desolation if we happened to be unluckier than was wise. Though the air around us was not too oppressive, the ambient smoke was drifting purposefully upward out of its mouth. It opaqued the view below like layers and layers of fogged glass. It looked warm. It shifted between gray and brown and red and navy and purple like an indecisive chameleon, forgetting who it was supposed to be. It felt like it was hiding an inside joke. It knew we knew that deep below the silence of stone, there was a fire growing, aching, and stretching toward any outlet of release. A secret that we all pretend not to know and maybe we forget it, until we see a picture or someone brings it up in conversation, and all of the feelings rush back, the awareness of being a small player in a large ecosystem, of constantly being dwarfed by the immensity and apathy of the world around. And if you stand still enough, and wait long enough, as you're staring into this deep gash of chemical reactions that are both simpler and more mystifying than those which you call home, you find a moment of connection. When the smoke blows the right way and the path between you and the source is unobstructed, there is a shatter of intense red light glowing in a scar, for a fragment of time before the smoke obscures it again. Your suspicions were correct. Underneath the pretense and cloaked shadows, deep within the earth, there is something that never stops yearning to change. If you enjoyed the words you just heard, please subscribe to I Saw a Picture wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts. You can find transcripts and support the production of I Saw a Picture along with my other work through patreon.com slash ameliasong.